All The More podcast, where we are continually searching out scriptural truths all the more. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Levi Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Aaron Moore. Each week, we look into God's Word and see what He has for us. So, let's go ahead and dive on into His Word and see what He has this week. All right, welcome one and all to the All The More podcast. We're glad to have you back this week. Uh, this week, we're going to be looking at The Great Comeback. Um, this is our uh, episode 15, but this, this is what this is our ACT episode, our Apologetics Church History and Theology episode, where this week we're looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and later the future resurrection of the church. Um, and you know, to, to start us off with a, a, a great quote by a guy, uh, his name is George E. Ladd. He wrote the, uh, A Theology of the New Testament. Uh, he says, uh, the fact of the resurrection and the faith in the resurrection are inseparable, but not identical. The fact created the faith. So that's why we have, I mean, you know, the resurrection of Jesus created the church. But um, without further ado, let's welcome Aaron back to the podcast. Hello, Aaron. How's it going? So, uh uh we're 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 uh, re- ready to get get ripping and rolling here so Aaron's going to kind of take us off on the uh on the the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then later uh I'll pull us in on the uh the resurrection of the church so uh Aaron if you want to go ahead and do your part yeah I was just I think it's important you know from an apologetic standpoint and uh just a simply a Christian standpoint that uh you know as Christians you know without the resurrection of Jesus then there's no Christianity uh because there's you know I don't know if any of y'all knew this or not but before Jesus and after Jesus there was other people claiming to be the Messiah and um you know and there's other people and well and the most important thing we need to understand is the other people who did who claimed to be the Messiah they all died and they never rose again they never came That's back the, <laughs> right so so clearly you know the without the resurrection there is no Christianity and um you know the resurrection by uh, secular scholars which I don't know a lot of people probably don't know this either there is a entire there's a huge amount a whole school of thought uh, called it's like it's basically atheistic theology there's there's New Testament scholars who spent their entire life studying the New Testament and don't believe a word in it and um and seriously I mean and and these New Testament scholars you know they look at specifically trying to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ based on uh, certain you know they try to use logic and reason to go against it and what I'm trying to tell you guys about is how to use logic and reason to go for it and uh, there's a great uh, professor named uh, Dr. Gary Habermas who uh, his testimony personally is he started off as an atheist one of these atheistic uh, New Testament scholars and spent the majority of his life trying to disprove Christ and finally um, I guess through the providence of God and the Holy Spirit and uh, through simply weighing the evidence for versus against he became a Christian uh, after you know which you would think you would have to do if you studied the word uh, as long as I think it was you know 15 years or so you know as a professional atheist New Testament scholar but anyway uh, and he he talks about you know there's several minimal facts that somebody has to understand uh and are could be used in defense of the fact that jesus did rise from the dead and uh one of those being um the death by crucifixion uh you know some people say that like for instance uh the muslims all believe that jesus is a great prophet a great teacher they believe it is necessary to believe in jesus in order to go to heaven but they do not believe that he is the son of god they just believe he's simply a holy person and um anyway i don't want to get off on a rabbit trail but one of the main one of the main problems with witnessing to muslim people especially muslim or islamic people who are educated they will use the argument of that Jesus said that, uh, you know, he would be like Jonah in the belly of the fish. You know, he would be buried for three days and three nights. And, and uh, one of the biggest th- points of attack the Muslims can use if they're assuming they're, they know the Bible and know the Quran also, they'll say that, you know, well, Christians say that he died on a Friday and rose on, on a, on a Sunday. And, uh, which is, there's no way in the world you can get, no matter how you figure it, there's no way that's three days and three nights. And, and so, um, anyway, there's a famous apologist, James White, who he got roasted in a debate with a Muslim guy on this, on this entire idea, which then, you know, when you're, when you're witnessing the people or especially standing up and defending the faith, you know, in these type debate situations, you know, whether you're professional or you're just, you know, talking with friends, you know, you lose credibility as soon as you act like you don't know 
which it's better to say you don't know before you act like you do and then you make a fool of yourself. So, so, yeah, so the first known fact that we have to know to defend, uh, like I said before, is the death by crucifixion, which was a common uh, death penalty at the time. The second thing is he was buried in a, in a known tomb. He was buried in a tomb of a uh, early believer called Joseph of Arimathea, and that was a known place in a known town, and it was near Jerusalem. And Jerusalem would have been the craziest, if you were wanting to fake a death or fake a burial, uh, it would have been a crazy place to do it in a known place, number one, and then in one of the biggest cities in the in the whole region at the time. You know, everybody could go out there and look. And the third thing is there was an empty tomb. And uh, some people say that, you know, well, they could have just lied about that. But the interesting thing is, and is in all four gospel accounts, uh, it shows the women being the first ones to find the empty tomb, which is interesting because if you were at the time, Obviously, the testimony of women was almost worthless. It wouldn't have been believed. So if you're writing the story of the resurrection, wanting to be more believable, <clears throat> the authors could have originally just left that, left that part out. And just said, well, you know, the, the some one of the some of the apostles came and, and saw it. Well, they obviously didn't, which then also uh, makes it seem even more true. And uh, a little side note, uh, something else I learned pretty interesting. There's a type of literary text back in the day is called a Greco-Roman bios, which is basically a biography, and is a certain style of writing. And uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is all written in that same style. And basically, those were like ancient uh, research biography type papers. And uh, so they all had, like in Luke, in the beginning of Luke, he he talks about that he has sources. And, you know, some some is from eyewitnesses and they were from the individual writers and, you know, what they have heard. And so something else interesting about all these accounts is the fact that most modern day scholars of ancient history understand that like a lot of these great battles and, uh, you know, events that happen, you know, you know, back in the early Roman Empire and like Egypt and all these other things, if you have, if they have one source, like one written document saying that it happened, then they're going to say that it happened. If they have two sources, then they're going to be almost 100% certain that it happened. And if they have three sources, then then there's without a shadow of doubt some kind of historic event happened. And here um, in the Gospels, you already, or Dr. Gary Habermas will say that you have five, and uh, he does it, he figures it up a different way. It's hard to go into it. I just suggest you read some of his stuff, and he's got lectures uh, on the computer, on YouTube and stuff, and you can watch it. But there's a, uh, there's tons of people that had witnessed this resurrection and it's been written down. And, um, and so clearly it, it, it must have happened. And, you know, some people say that these people were delusional or something, which would lead us into the last and final uh, evidence that it is true. Blaise Pascal uh, once said or wrote that if it was a contradict, if it was a conspiracy that Jesus and the apostles were basically coming up with some conspiracy to say that he was the son of God, you know, that would be easy to do when Jesus was alive. But as we see in the Gospels and later in Acts and so on through the New Testament, we see uh, how these apostles were transformed. They went out into, you know, they traveled all over the known world at the time spreading the gospel. And all but one of the original 11 apostles died a martyr's death for their faith. So what he was saying is, you know, obviously Jesus could have, if it was a conspiracy, you know, they would have done what Jesus said when he was alive. But what's to say after he dies, what will make them keep doing it if they didn't really believe it? Which then, you know, on another side note, what should lead a Christian to believe, you know, these men went and died and traveled the whole world spreading the gospel for something that they believed in because they had seen the risen Lord. And so if we're Christians and we really believe it and we really feel like we have a relationship with the risen Lord, then why aren't we, you know, burning with passion to share God's word and, and, uh, and spread the gospel just as these original apostles were? I mean, that's what really convicts me about this, the whole thing. But anyway, if you got any comments, I don't want to keep rambling on. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, I was listening listening to, to another episode of uh, Soteriology 101 with uh, Dr. Layton Flowers. However, I, I think the episode was probably actually in like late January was when it was actually released. I can't remember the, the episode number or, or the episode, but uh, uh, I'll um, try to to put it in the show notes if I can find it. But, um, you know, they're talking about the, uh, about the, the you know, sources, uh, and how, um, uh, you know, if, if someone has, has, um, you know, any, like you're saying, any, any one source, uh, for, you know, uh, uh, that references some event that happened in the past, you know, this, a secular source, oh, that's, you know, that definitely happened or, or that probably happened. Well, it, if the Bible says anything, you know, that, that happened. Oh, well, you know, we can't, we can't trust it because that's the Bible, you know? Right. Uh, and so you, you ha, ha, like that, that, that kind of reasoning makes no sense. 
you know, you, you, how many sources, how many ex, exterior sources do we have to have to back up that the Bible is actually, in, in fact, true? Uh, when, when you know, a lot of times we'll take you know one or maybe two, you know, sources uh, or evidences um, of, of secular things to, to confirm that a secular event happened. But if, if something's talked about in the Bible. Hmm, we need to have at least one or two other things, secular sources, just to confirm that this actually did. Because I mean, you know, it, it, you know, I, I can understand that you know they, they they might think that there's some some kind of bias that uh you know, that that uh these these secular the, the biblical authors you know were trying to prove something or whatever, but or trying to to uh you know confuse people or, or make them think one way or another but uh you know i mean why, why would they why would they bother like for instance you know luke uh in, in both acts and in uh or yeah in both acts and in um the gospel of luke he, you know, he writes you know saying that you know that he's he's gone and investigated the uh the eyewitnesses you because know, you know luke, luke luke was a gentile you know he, he he had nothing to do with 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 the jews at all he was not a jewish person so here he was you know luke is going out and and he's a gentile and and and, and searching out this truth about Jesus, and so he goes and and uh, and says, you know, I, hey, I, you know, I have I have living memory. I have living people that 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 have witnessed these things that I have gone and and, and investigated. You know, and so you you know you can go check out these people too. You know, you know, everyone I'm writing about is still alive while I'm writing about them. Um, and so, you know, that, that like there, there was, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of opportunity for, for him to be, um, openly called out for lying, you know, in, in his writing. But, uh, but, you know, and so that the, you know, the way that they wrote things, that's why they would make mention, especially you know, early on in, in letters and things about eyewitnesses or about some living memory person, or they would mention other people in it so that, you know, you could go to that person and confirm. And so, right. Yeah. It says right. In Luke chapter one, verse one, it says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know in certainty of those things in which you were instructed. So you see, like you're talking about, you know, he talked to eyewitnesses. He was absolutely for certain. He had a full understanding. And so he was dedicated, it was writing, I guess, to this Theophilus and telling him, you know, take these things and they're, they're correct and you know, take them as you were instructed, you know, to do with them. And, um, and that's why I was going back to that whole Greco-Roman bios deal. You know, those were biographies written at the time in the, in the same style. And they basically used references and eyewitnesses. And they were always, always blatantly honest. You know, they didn't try to, you know, hide the truth. Right. They just simply wrote it as it was. And that's why I was going back to quiet talking about the women finding the tomb first. You know, if they wanted to, you know, there's, there's a lot of embarrassing things in the Gospels that could have been left out. Like, for instance, like Je- Jesus' own family didn't even believe he was the son of God at first. You know, right. they were thinking that he lost his mind. You know, they could have easily left that out or they could have left out the thing about the women or left out these other things, but they didn't because they, they were giving the whole story in an authentic fashion. And, you know, and talking about, you know, trying to discredit the writers, you know, saying that they're not eyewitnesses or knowing for sure who wrote what in the Bible. It's interesting to also point out another secular or a secular work, the works of Aristotle and Socrates and uh, Plato and all them. There's a lot of work that's attributed to them, even though no one has any way of actually proving if it was their writing or not. But it takes that for 100% fact. But then when you try to figure out who the author of Mark or Luke is, some people say, well, they couldn't even speak Greek or they couldn't even write Greek at the time. How are they the authors or this, that, and the other, even though, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use a different criteria to judge secular work. So right. it's not, um, it's certainly not an even playing field and people take for granted, you know, in a secular group or even Christians will might lose faith, but just understand that the Bible is not being judged on the same criteria that secular other historical documents are being judged on simply to bring doubt upon the authenticity and the inerrancy of the scripture. Right. Going back to, to George E. Ladd, he says in his uh, a theology of the, of the New Testament, you know, that, that there are five uh, historic facts, um, you know, as to why, uh, or, or rather, he says that you know the Gospels attest to to, to several um, historic facts, you know, and and he he gives gives five uh, specific facts about you know the resurrection of Jesus, um, you know, and and he he goes and goes on and says that you know there are, he says a few serious scholars question you know the fact that Jesus was actually dead. 
Um, right. You know, the second thing he's, he says that, you know, the disciples hope was also dead. You know, they were, they were crushed. Um, he, he goes on and says, you know, then the, uh, uh, fo- following, uh, following the news from, from uh, Mary Magdalene that, that, uh, that Jesus was resurrected, you know, the disciples hope was resurrected, you know, just as Jesus's was. Um, then there's the fact that you already mentioned, you know, the empty tomb, uh, you know, of the, of the, uh, you know, well-known Joseph of Arimathea, and then he says the uh, the disciple the disciples believed that he was resurrected. You know, that's another indisputable uh, fact. And so you you uh, using um, some scripture here is that you know, Luke twenty four twenty five says you know, this is Jesus speaking, and he said to them, "O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken." He called him out. And was like, you know, here, here you are. You know, how long have you been with me? You know, you're the ones that you know, I've been pouring my life into, and you know, you're, you know, and here, you, and here, here, you're not even remembering, um, you know, all the things that that, that we talked about. You, know, for instance, you know, he 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 goes on in the very next next verse in Luke twenty four twenty six and says, uh, "Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory?" You know, because uh, they they didn't they didn't re- you know remember or recognize um. That you know, Isaiah fifty three talking about the suffering servant, they did not equate the suffering servant of Isaiah fifty three with the Messiah. You know, the Messiah yeah. by definition was going to come into the world and and bring Israel out of their oppression and 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 establish his kingdom on earth, and then it would be rah 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 like you know we're we're out from under the Romans thumb or or who or whoever the oppressor was. You can see in with with Peter, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, there right before the uh, temple guards come and take. Jesus, you know, for his trial, which he would, you know, after that be crucified. You see, uh, you know, it was a common in the first century uh, Israel or Judea or Galilee or wherever, you know, it was a, it was a common idea that the Messiah was going to be some kind of, some kind of warmonger or something, you know? Right. And he was going to overthrow the Roman government and overthrow everybody and, you know, whatever. And so even at the very end of Jesus' earthly ministry, like, you know, Jesus would only be on earth or he would only, he would, before the crucifixion in a couple of days, you know, he'd been walking with these apostles for a little over three years. You know, you see Peter, whenever, whenever they come to get Jesus, you know, and there it talks about that Peter cuts one of the guard's ears off. But clearly he wasn't aiming for his ear. Peter was trying to hit him straight in the head with a sword. You know, so Peter still at that time thought this is this is when it's about to start. You know, now we're going to overthrow. You know, now we're about to start fighting. And uh, he still hadn't figured it out yet that the kingdom of God that Jesus was starting on earth was not this physical kingdom yet. And he still hadn't understood that it was actually a spiritual kingdom and that Jesus was starting it now. And he would come back when the earth is ripe for harvest and cement his kingdom and his in his reign over the earth and um but i thought that was interesting talking about you know they just didn't understand and also and the, in the end of mark in mark chapter 16 verse 12 it says this is when jesus appeared to two disciples said after that he appeared in another form to two of them and they walked and went into the country and they went and told it to the rest but they did not believe them either you know clearly you know jesus appeared post resurrection 12 times to uh to people, you know, after he'd, after he'd resurrected, you know, some people might not understand it. People think that that Jesus, you know, rose from the dead and ascended directly to heaven, but that's not what happened. You know, he stayed on earth a while after that. And, you know, we see that in John 20, 10, uh, Matthew 28, Luke 24. Uh, you know, sees Paul on the road to Damascus tons of times. Right. And uh, I don't most I don't know how much studying our audience has done, but you know, that's a, sometimes people don't understand that. But anyway, go ahead. So yeah, uh, that, there's a, this passage at the very end of chapter 20, uh, verses uh, 30 and 31. It says, "Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ." the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Um, you, you, the, the, you, uh, as you're saying, Aaron, I mean, the, the whole purpose of the Gospels was to confirm and give testimony to um, you know, to the, the uh, what you call it, um, like, to the truth and the validity of everything that was going on. Uh, I mean, why else would they have, have bothered writing it? Right. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, previous to the, previous to the resurrection, <clears throat> you know, Jesus' brother James or half brother James didn't, uh, he didn't believe yet either, but uh, you know, Jesus appears to James, I think there's something he's talking about first Corinthians 15. Uh, I hadn't turned there. And, but anyway, he didn't believe until that point. And then, uh, you know, many of them hadn't believed previous to, to Jesus' resurrection, but after that, you know, they had, they had taste, they, you know, it was all became really clear and, and, you know, talking about the gospels, you know, what they're there to do, they're there to testify that it is true because, you know, several of 
apostles, you know, during the time, you know, after Jesus had died, you know, they're all, you know, sad and they still didn't understand exactly what Jesus said, you know, about, you know, he was, he was going to rise again. And some of them may have thought, well, he's dead now. I guess he was the Messiah or some thought, right. you know, whatever. Or they didn't understand yet. It's like the, 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 the guys on the, on the Emmaus road, you know, they, uh, you know, um, you know, they, they were all, you know, sad and downtrodden about the, about, you know, you know, Jesus dying and, and, and they were like, you know, you know, he, he, he was supposed to be the one you know, he was, he was so promising. I mean, that's not exactly what they were saying, but I mean, that's, you know, based the gist of what they were saying. And then, I mean, there's Jesus right there in front of them and they don't really recognize who he is, you know? And then, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and the finally, you know, you know, you know, after after have sp- having spent you know at least an hour or two because he you know, he was dining with them in their in their house you know, after you know, being with them you know Jesus you know revealed or I like, opened their eyes so they could see and then and then he was gone in an instant and then and they and they were like man what like that was him <laughs> you know uh, so so you know so, so, I, I think oftentimes you know. And and th- this is true of true of, true of a lot of things, and and you know, you you and I have talked about this before. Is that there? Uh, sometimes we we get so uh, so focused on 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 one aspect of something that we you know miss the whole rest of the thing. Like uh, you, you know, the the fact that you know the the, uh, the those guys on the Emmaus, on the Emmaus road they were so focused on the fact that they you know that Jesus was no longer there that you know man that we we you know we thought he was the one you know, that they they couldn't see you know right in front of him that Jesus was in fact the one. Now, of course, you know, Jesus, you know, could have been intentionally withholding his, his identity from them uh, or from their, from their, their percept, perception for some reason. Um, but I mean, you know, he, he, you know, even if, if he hadn't been, I mean, you know, I'm not quite sure that they would have, that they would have recognized who he was. Well, that's what it says there in Luke 24, 16, talking about road to him, you know, the road to Emmaus, you know, the two guys he met says, uh, <clears throat> but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. Uh, Anyway, that's sixteen. So I mean, obviously their eyes were restrained, right? And and something else I was to say, uh, talking about, and this is in Luke twenty four, verse thirty six, starting uh, talking about you know one, another post mortem uh, sighting of Jesus. You know, Jesus is a. I'll just read it real quick. It says this is twenty four thirty six of Luke. It says now as they said things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, "Peace to you." But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. You know, clearly they've walked with Jesus all this time. You know, you would think if you, I mean, we may be in the same boat, but if we walked with Jesus all the time and somebody crazy appeared to us you think you wouldn't be scared you would think right. it was I mean but anyway so going on verse 38 it says and he said to them why are you troubled and why do you why did doubts arise in your hearts behold my hands and my feet that is I myself handle me and see me for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have and uh, it says in verse 40 it says when he said this he, he showed him his hands and his feet but a while or it says but a while they still did not believe for joy and marveled he had seen them. And then he asks, and here's another thing, you know, if some other uh, more liberal interpretations of the, of the gospel say that Jesus didn't really physically arise, he simply arised in spirit. Right. Or he, he resurrected in spirit, you know, his spirit resurrected, but not necessarily his actual body, which clearly he, he, he says that's crazy because he holds out his hands and he says, you know, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones that you see I have. He says that in 39. And here he says, you know, after he does all that he asked them have you any food here and says in 42 it says so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb and he took it and ate it in their presence right so clearly he wasn't a ghost because ghosts don't eat food you know and um to, to pull pull for, from from another gospel that that, that attests to, to the bodily resurrection of christ if you look in john chapter 20 verse uh, 17 says uh jesus said to her uh do not and he's speaking to speaking to mary here uh, Jesus said to her, uh, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And then verse 18, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that, uh, he, and he said these things to her. And then you know, if you look, look, look further down in that same chapter in verses, uh, 25 through, um, 29 or excuse me, 20, 24 to 29, um, this is you know one of my one of my my favorite favorite uh, reactions or uh, you know, to the to the, the the resurrected Christ. It says now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, um, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said to them, "Unless I see in his uh, see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side." I will never, uh, I will never believe. Uh, eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. 
Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, uh, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not, uh, do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, like, like uh, uh, you know, firstly, Mary would not have been able to physically cling to a spirit, right? You know, his, right. his body was there. Um, and then secondly, you know, here, here's Thomas, you know, the, you know, all, we, who, whom we uh, uh, commonly refer to as doubting Thomas because he doubted here. Um, you know, he, he, he goes in and, and, you know, he demands that, you know, unless my fingers and my hands, unless, unless, I, unless I touch him physically, I will not believe ever. Uh, and, and so, you know, what does Jesus do? He, he and, and, and his in his fashion, he comes in. All right, all right, Thomas. You know, I know exactly what you said. So, look, come on over here. Let's you know put your, you know, put your finger in my hand and in, in your hand in my side and 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 you know, so you can believe. Um, and so, you know, uh, but and Thomas's reaction is is a very uh, a very appropriate reaction. Uh, you know, he says, "My Lord and my God." I mean, that's um, I don't know. I, I I just always love that that reaction from Thomas. Right. But anyhow, so, so you know, I was just you, you bring that up for the fact that that you know that also attests to the, uh, the the bodily physical resurrection of Christ. Right, and I know you got another topic you're wanting to talk about in a second, but I'll just say to um, to our listeners, you know, right after uh, the book of John. There's the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles, which was also written by Luke. And um, the the entire book of Acts is based, is another evidence of the resurrection because it's the Acts of the Apostles. You know, this is after Jesus has ascended, or most of us after he's been ascended. <clears throat> and, um, and it's basically showing this is part of their transformation. You know, they were just like Christians. Once you, once you actually surrender, you give your life to Jesus, you come and, and die with him on the cross. You know, and you, and you, it's not only you believe, because, you know, we all know, or we should know that Satan and the demons also believe yet they're still going to burn in hell for for eternity but the key here is, you know jesus says those who love me will do the things that i do and so in the, the acts of the apostles is doing exactly that it's the apostles doing what jesus would do you know and, and jesus promised them the holy spirit and he said i'm sending the holy spirit so that you will do greater works than me and so you know as christians we shouldn't be complacent and just you know go to you know going to church is important you know we're not supposed to forsake the congregation but it's more than just believing and going to church because that's not going to do anything. You know, these apostles believed that Jesus had was a son of God and he resurrected and what he said was the truth. And if we're a Christian, as far as being Christian is believing that Jesus is the son of God and he's resurrected, we should be doing the same things. And so if a, a Christian should read the book of Acts and most Christians should be ashamed because if they measure their own life versus what the apostles are doing here, then I mean clearly you're not you're not measuring up to what you know these men had seen the risen Lord. They had they had walked with him. They they'd seen these things and they and they knew it for a fact. You know that they they could they could attest and testify that they had seen the risen Lord. And uh, you know all of us we may not have seen the risen Lord, but we have tasted of His goodness and His glory and His saving grace. And just as these men were transformed later to go on and do all these great things, you see in Acts and the Apostle Paul, you know through out all his epistles, you know, we are become new creatures in Christ and and we can't just go to church and just, you know, sit there at the church and then go eat fried chicken and go home and live like we don't know the risen Lord. You know, there is no retirement, there is no break, there is no rest. You know, the Apostle Paul says tons of times he says, you know, he doesn't hold account for his own life. He simply wants to finish the race. You know, back in the time of the Greeks and the Romans, you know, the Olympics, you know, racing was a was a was a big deal, you know, at athletic events were a big deal and especially in the first century. And Paul's talking about wanting to finish the race. He's like a marathon runner, like a track runner. He's he's stretching out, trying to get to the finish line. He's wanting to finish the race. And he wanted to do these things because he was not only empowered by the Holy Spirit, but he knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And, and if we call ourselves Christians, we should feel the same way. You know, it's not about us. The the Holy Bible is not about us. It's about, it's about Jesus Christ and the fact that he rose again. And it should be, you know, screaming at us telling us that that he has risen and we need to get up and and not everyone's called to preach not everyone's called to be a missionary not everyone's called to do this but one thing we are called to do is go and tell the whole world that jesus christ is risen that's exactly what these men did talking about being ashamed of the gospel or, or not not being ashamed of christ or anything you know, uh you know, paul really really hit, you know, hits it on the head and romans 1 16 and 17 says uh you know for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes to the jew first 
first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteous, uh, righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Um, and and, and you're talk, talking about the you know, first to the, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. You know, the Greek it was a phrasing that referred to, you know, everyone who was not a Jew. Um, you know, pretty much a, a Gentile is, is what they're saying. But yeah, I mean, you, you, we, you know, we, we shouldn't, shouldn't be, be ashamed of it because like, like, he, like he says, like Paul says, I mean, that, that's the, you know, through the gospel, that, that's where the power of salvation comes in. I mean, without, without the gospel, you know, uh, you know, how, how can we, how can we share that with others? You know, if we're ashamed of it. Um, I just want to say one more thing about that, you know, in the, in the, in the new type of, you know, and evangelical movements and all these other things, you know, people are trying to make things hip and people are trying to make things cool and people are trying to, you know, change everything, which, which I'm not against change, but what I am against is removing the gospel or watering down the gospel because the apostle Paul told Timothy and second Timothy he said to preach the word. And, uh, if whatever we do, however we worship in the church, you know, whatever we songs we sing, whatever, however we dress, you know, that can change. One thing that cannot change is the way, is the way the gospel is presented. And, um, you know, that's what this, the whole book is about is a testimony, a testifying, you know, giving evidences towards, towards Jesus. And, um, if you change that, if you water it down, if you don't preach the whole counsel of God, or when you're witnessing or sharing or talking with your friends, if you don't share the 100% inerrant word of God and all of his truths, then you're doing a disgrace to, to what we're, we're supposed to be doing. And we should, like Levi was saying, we shouldn't be ashamed because it's the truth. And, you know, as Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And, and you, in our, uh, you speaking of truth you in our in our in today's society you know we we live in a what what has been you know named or deemed the the postmodern society uh you know and, and you Aaron and I, you know, Aaron and I were talking about this earlier uh that you know postmodernism you know there is no uh there's no room for absolute truth you know and and, and postmodernism you know uh, you know, I, I, I can believe one thing and it's true for me, but it's not true for Aaron. Um, but, but in, in reality, I mean, you know, truth is whatever is in accord with reality. You know, I, you know, I can say that I'm, you know, the, I don't know, the, the best hacky sack player or best ultimate Frisbee player or football player or whatever in the world. But then when it comes down to the brass tacks and like the, I mean, comes down to the actual event, you know, if I'm not the best, then I'm not the best. Regardless of, of of how deluded I may be, um, and so you know, uh, you know, talking about you know Jesus, you know, resurrecting and him him being raised from the dead, you know, either he did or he didn't. I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That you know, that there's no oh well for for me he did, but for you he didn't. No, that, so you know, truth is truth. There's only one truth, and 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 you know, we you know we as Christians. We know that the one and only truth is the fact that Christ did, in fact, rise from the dead. Because without Him rising from the dead, there's no there's no hope for anyone. There there's no uh, no opportunity for salvation for anyone. Um, you know, because the whole the whole reason that He the, 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 the by Him resurrecting from the dead that that signifies that there was an acceptance of the sacrifice. You know that God accepted His sacrifice, and then you know God Himself raised. Christ from the dead. And so that same God can raise us from the dead. Um, you know, and so that's kind of where we're, we're, we're going to move to here in the, in the, the last little bit uh, of, uh, of this episode. We're going to, you know, we've been talking about, about the resurrection of Jesus, but uh, I kind of wanted to move to, the, to, to, the, to our resurrection and uh, in, in the, in the, the future events. So um, we're going to go real quick over to, to uh, I got a couple passages in, in John chapter 11. Uh, verse 25 and 26 um you know, G- you know jesus uh uh this, the, the, this is uh during the um the uh i guess when when, when lazarus you know is dead or has died and, and jesus is now on the scene um and so verse 25 says jesus said to her uh, i am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me though he die yet shall he live and everyone who believes or excuse me and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die do you believe this? And so, of course, you know, she responds, you know, she said to him, you know, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. And so, you know, what the, the significance of what Jesus is saying here is that the resurrection of Christians is both a present and a future um, event. You know, it, it is present in that our our spirit is resurrected 
now. Like when you become a Christian, your spirit is resurrected. You are regenerated. You're renewed in your spirit to where you have life in you. Um, and, 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 and then, you know, uh, from that point, uh, you know, then what, you know, when, once we, once we physically die, we are then, you know, as Paul says, you know, to be separ- uh, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, we, uh, we, we, you know, spiritually, we, we, then with God. And then you know, at the end, at, on the last day, at the end, end of time, you know, God will, will resurrect our physical bodies, um, and so the um, you know, t- uh, talking about having uh, about having that that life within us, um, you know, if we move to, to John five twenty five to twenty nine, uh, and then uh, it says here, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, uh, an hour is coming. And now, or and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment, because He is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment and so you know like i said you know, the, the, you know jesus himself you know, attests to the future resurrection of uh of christians and, and and he's saying that they will come out of the tombs which also points not only to a physical or to, to a spiritual resurrection but to a physical one as well um but uh, i'll t- take, take i'll take a, a break for me rambling and see uh aaron you have any comments yet uh it's kind of going back to you know not being ashamed but talking about resurrecting and talking about you know how to follow jesus and i'll just throw this in there i don't know if it's even relevant but we're going to talk about it in here for just a second all right uh, luke chapter 9 verse 23 one of the greatest verses in the bible talking about taking up our cross and following him it says if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me notice how it says daily Right. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of and my words of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes to his own glory. For a man who is ashamed of Jesus, Jesus will be ashamed of him. And uh, and it says, but I tell you truly, there's some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. But, you know, going back to the ashamed thing, Jesus says clearly, you know, he wants you to follow him. He says he's basically telling you to come and die with him. He's inviting you to come and die on the cross with him so that you can be glorified and justified with him in heaven. And, you know, he's saying, you know, what's the point of doing all these things and living a long life, you know, to cling to your life when all you're going to do is lose it. That's why I'm saying don't put your trust in your life. Don't value necessarily your own life, but put your life, surrender your life in his, to, to him and his hands so that you can be later resurrected to glory with him. Was that long enough break? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, because uh, uh, I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, that's, that's the truth there. Um, I mean, we, 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 we have to, um, you know, that's the whole reason um, you know, for for you know, uh, us us um, you know, sharing the gospel is that you know, we we um, you know, we share the gospel with others so that they might you know have life and have it abundantly because that's you know, what Christ came to, came to do is to give us that kind of life and 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 you know that that kind of life is known as eternal life and um, and so you know we you know spiritually we will have that 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 long life but there will also be a physical aspect to that as well you know, uh, uh, on the on the last day because here in John six. Um, 39 to 40 he says uh, and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but but raise it up on the last day for this is the will of my father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day it doesn't say I'll think about raising him up or I might no, it says I will with all certainty raise him up on the last day no, something I'll say about that real quick is you know, some if you hear some preachers will talk about that Jesus came and died on the cross to keep you out of hell and that's not that's not true yeah that, 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 that's a hundred percent a lie like that never that was not the case Jesus came and died on the cross I guess a, a result of it is keeping you out of hell right but that wasn't but, the purpose he came to in order to put you know to be an atoning sacrifice for your sins so that we could you know the most impossible thing in the whole entire universe is for a sinner to be in the presence of the Almighty God. And so he came to have an atoning sacrifice so that God could be glorified 
through the Son, you know, of making the impossible possible. You know, that the whole Bible is not about us. You know, we were created as, you know, thinking creatures so that we could have a relationship with God and glorify God. You know, the whole world is screaming out, you know, praise to God, you know, screaming, was, you know, it's, it's a, a testimony, the entire universe is a testimony to God's glory and his workmanship. And a lot of Christians get it twisted. They think that, you know, come, let me believe in Jesus and he'll protect me and he'll, uh, you know, make me happy and I don't want to have never, never any trouble, which, you know, God can do those things, but don't get it twisted and think that, you know, th- with that whole mindset, then you're now God and Jesus is serving you. And, th- and that's not how it works. You know, we were called, like I said, we were called to pick up the cross and come and die with him because, you know, we're unworthy. You know, even if Jesus never came and died on the cross for our sins, God still deserves all of the glory and all the honor and all the praise simply because he is. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is all these things. You know, even if he didn't send his son, he still deserves all the glory. And, and, and you know, there, there are a lot of people that, that say, well, you know, how, how, could a, how could a good God, you know, allow you know, this so much evil in the world to happen. And and the reality is that, you know, he is a good God and he allows us to have the free will and he and doesn't, you know, dictate, hey, you're gonna do X thing. You know, uh yeah, evil simply like, you know, you know, from physics class, high school physics class, you know, there's no such thing as cold. There's just the absence of heat. Right. Just like there's no such thing as, well, there is such thing as evil, but it's not that God allows evil. Evil is simply the absence of God. Right. So, Evil prevails when good men, godly men, don't do what they're supposed to do, or godly women, for that matter. You know, evil in the world is happening because people do not know God, or if they know Him, they're in open rebellion against God. Well, and, and uh, uh, Han- uh, Hannah and I were di- we're, we're just just uh, uh, just re- reading this morning in our in our our uh, Bible study time, whatever you we were uh, we, we we've been been going through Romans, and so we we were in Romans chapter one this morning, and you know, starting verse eighteen, it says, "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness." And and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. And if, if we you kind of drop down here um, to verse 24, this is where, where it, uh, 24 and following is, is where it kind of becomes applicable to what we're talking about now. It says, therefore God gave them up in their lusts, uh, in the lust of their, fle- of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And and the men likewise gave up their natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Uh, Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. I mean, you know, you know, God, you know, like God has revealed himself to all people at all times through his, I mean, just, just through his creation. I mean, his creation alone screams, look up, <laughs> I'm here. I made you. But, you know, but what, what do we do? We, we, you know, a, a lot of the world today just you know, it, it ignores all that. Uh, and, and, it, and it says that they, like it says in verse 18, it says, uh, uh, they're, by their own righteousness, they suppress the truths, uh, the truth. And so, because they suppress the truth, you know, God has given them up to the to the lust of their uh, lust of their hearts, and and has allowed them to 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 go ahead and go whole hog and and, and reap the benefits, or I guess in this case it's not much of a benefit, but reap the reap the uh, the harvest of their of their evilness of their wickedness. Anyhow, um, uh, re- real quick, I, I wanted to, to, to touch on uh, two other things. Um, one, 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 there's uh, there there are two passages in and uh, and some of the, some of the Pauline epistles. You know, one in Romans um, chapter eight, verse twenty-three, um, and Paul says, uh, "And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who uh, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we uh, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our body." Yeah, so you know, you know, even Paul, you know, you know, uh, mentions the uh, the the resurrection, you know, which he's talking about the, the redemption of our bodies there. And then in Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter three, starting in verse twenty and twenty one, it says, "But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself." You know, in, in the resurrection, you. Know, our, our our weak and feeble state that we currently have with the, with whatever maladies and sicknesses and ailments that we 
might complain and groan about, um, those will no longer be there. You know, we we you know, we will we will have have a a a a body as we as we should have had. Um, and 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 you know, th- th- this may, may seem silly, but you know, some 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 people even even suggest that we will be able to 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 fly, move at the speed of thought, pass through walls. Because I mean, if you think about it, you know, Jesus and his glorified body, you know, a- after he resurrected, well, he he was able to, to you know to, to go into and you know, through the wall or, or through the door into that locked room, you know, where the where the disciples were uh, when he ascended into heaven. Um, beam me up, Scotty. You know, he's flying. Um, I mean, you, you, like he he uh, he he has this. Um, you know, his his new body is is different from his original body. I mean, it's the same same mostly. I guess, I guess mostly the same outward appearance, but I mean, it's 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 changed. It's made made perfect. Um, and uh, the uh, la- la- last last thing I wanted I wanted to mention was also you know to to point out that there was a um, you know the resurrection is not only a New Testament idea. There was also an Old Testament um, concept of the of the resurrection, and and there 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 are really two two passages in the Old Testament. One kind of hints at it, and one is definitely a hundred percent on it. Uh, there's Isaiah chapter twenty six um, verse nineteen. Um, yeah, Isaiah says. Uh, your dead shall live; their bodies shall rise. You, uh, you who dwell in the dust, awake uh, and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Um, you know, that that you know, that that right there you know, you know, talks about the, the the resurrection. But then, you know, if we move on to Daniel chapter twelve, verse two. Uh, he, he also talk, talks about talks about the resurrection. He says, uh, "And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt." And that's you know, uh, you know what what Jesus was talking about. You know, that he, he, you know, Jesus was was very likely alluding back to that to that very passage in Daniel. You know, when, whenever he was talking about uh, you know th- those that would be uh, resurrected to, to a resurrection of life, and those to uh, others to a resurrection of, of judgment. Um, and so, you know, the the, the reason that, that Jesus you know, you know brought those up you know, is because uh, the fact that um, you know that largely speaking, uh, most Jews believed in in, in an afterlife or in a in a spiritual aspect or spiritual realm or things. But there were some uh, some were the, the the Sadducees. They 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 discounted. They didn't believe in angels. They they didn't believe in, in spirits or anything. They didn't believe in an afterlife. Um, and they, they didn't believe in a in, in a resurrection. And that's why they were sad. You see, um, the Sadducees they 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 uh, you know they didn't believe that there was anything after life. You know, it was they were the here and the now, and then that was it. Um, and so they had no hope. But um, anyhow, you know, you know that, that, so you know, all all this to say, you know, there is there is evidence um, for for Christ's uh, not only spiritual but physical resurrection, and there is also evidence. Uh, you know, or a promise of our future um, bodily resurrection like Christ had. Um, but Aaron, uh, you, you have anything else? I just want to say that something that convicts me is, you know, the fact that God is holy and I am not, and God is righteous and I am not. And um, the fact that he was sent his son to come and to die, to be resurrected for us is crazy. And I was thinking about the other days, like this doesn't even compare because God is a eternity higher than anything here on earth. But it would almost be like, say you got like the most dirtiest bathroom toilet in your house <laughs> that you ever thought of. And it would be like some kind of like like the president of the United States or the Queen of England or something is what we could relate it to. You know, coming to your house to get on their hands and knees and scrub your toilet. You know, the dirtiest toilet you could think of in your house. You know, so it's, it's equivalent of what is not even close, but it's the closest thing I can think of to, you know, what what God did for us or how much God loved us and he would come and, and, and do that for us. And um and 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 in understanding that, you know, God is like I said, I think I said this a couple of different times, a couple of different weeks. You know, God is not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. And not only is he not as, asking us to not do anything he hasn't already done, he's he's showing us or he's telling us that, you know, it's gonna all be all right because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was okay, you know. And uh, talking about, so we'll be we'll be resurrected as well. And it's also important to remember that you know we we are eternal beings, spirits, whatever you want to call it. And regardless of what you believe, you know you're going to spend eternity somewhere. You know, it's a common, even the physics will tell you, you know, there's energy and matter are eternal. You know, there's no, there's no, you know, ending, there's no beginning or ending to matter and energy. And so, I mean, from another apologetic standpoint, I've heard some, read some really great articles on that talking about, it's crazy that physics will say that matter, matter and energy can be eternal, but there can't be a God that's eternal, which sounds pretty contradictory to me. But, uh, anyway, like I say, every time, every week, just I would encourage each of you to 
pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, I'm Satan and his, and his demons and the enemy is going to be after you. But you just got to remember that the same thing happened to Jesus. And, and, and you see how see how that turned out. And it was for the you know sacrificial, uh, unending, unconditional love that God showed for us. And we should be doing the same for our fellow man, for our community, for our family. And uh, I'll just leave you all with that. You know, uh, uh, you, you know guys, we're, 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 we're uh, you, you know, always glad to be uh, to be able to ha- to have this opportunity here to to, to you know uh, to talk with you know, with y'all about about these things um, and and you know uh, you know we, 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 we would we would definitely you know, uh, appreciate any uh, any contact you know, or any any comments you would have you know if you go to allthemore.com slash contact and fill out the form there um, you know and and, and you know, submit questions for us you know, that, that that we can uh, you know try to 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 uh, you know to look at you know you, and, and and try to help help you understand better whatever the, the topic may be um, you know, we uh, actually had had uh, t- two people write in this past week um, you know uh, uh, Bryce who, who was a uh, 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 friend of Aaron's from, from back in college and and uh, so Bryce uh, thanks for writing into us we're uh, glad that, that you know we got to, 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 to hear from you and um, and you know, I, I, I look forward to an opportunity to, to, to maybe get to meet meet you sometime whenever I'm over that direction and Aaron and I get together uh, you know maybe we can we can c- catch up and get some food or something but uh, and uh, then there's also another lady uh, miss Patricia um, we just uh, you know, glad to hear from you and, and, and we'll try to be uh, try to address your question uh, uh, in, in coming time but uh, anyhow you know we, we just you know uh, ask that you know, hey if you have any questions you know let us know so, so so we can we can be talking about things that, that y'all want to talk about especially on these um, on these act episodes um, you know which are uh, going to be every uh, every fifth episode so our next one will be episode 20 so go ahead and go ahead and start um, submitting your questions now so we can um, so we can kind of, you know, have, have a uh, some direct Direction on, on where you would like us to go. Otherwise, we'll just you know, keep on going with uh, with the way that God directs us to go. Um, I guess either way, we'll, we'll go with where, wherever God wants us to go, right? So, anyways, um, if you haven't yeah, yet, I encourage everybody to, to send those comments because if you hadn't figured that these uh, act episodes, this is this is this is what I really get into, and I really like talking about anything, and Levi does too, you know. But I really like the theology and apologetics and and the uh, you know church history type things. Uh, so please send us. You know, real good questions. Uh, the harder, the better, because that's what I really enjoy doing. And um, so, hopefully, we can address those questions at another. You know, in in the next episode. Maybe if you send, keep sending a bunch of, maybe we can start doing a lot more of these episodes more than once a month or something. So uh, anyway, go ahead, Levi. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. I mean, you know, you know, it, uh, if we can, you know, if y'all can, can you know, submit, submit things that so we can get them, you know, queued up, then we can get, you know, get this happen, happening more, more frequently. But uh, anyhow, um, you know, if you haven't taken the opportunity to, uh, please subsi- subscribe to the podcast on in your favorite podcast catcher, uh, you know, or player, whatever, whatever you happen to use. And, um, you know, we, we just uh, look forward to, to uh, being with y'all again next week. So until then, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more. Thanks for listening to the All The More podcast. If you like what you've heard or are interested in other related content, head on over to allthemore.com. That's allthemore with two O's, dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your other favorite podcasting app. Until next time, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more.